So Donna Stimson, welcome to the Can Marketing Save the Planet podcast. It's wonderful to have you here. You are the cabinet lead for climate change and sustainability for the Royal Borough of Windsor and Maidenhead. So thank you for being a guest. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be with you. And can you tell us a little bit about your role as climate um, lead, as the cabinet lead for climate and sustainability in the borough? So as a, um, as a member of uh, cabinet, one's responsible for policy decisions and for um, handling in my capacity, both sustainability and climate change. So what we do then is um, I've been involved with a big team of drawing up the climate uh, agenda. We've passed and approved the climate uh, strategy and now we're in the delivery phase. Sustainability is somewhat more complex because it's in, it involves sustainability right across the council. Um, I'm one of with 343 local authorities actually across the um, across England, and with local authorities, it's a little different from. Um, a central government. In local authorities, you can decide how you're structured. You can um, decide um, what shape you want to be. But 90% of our budget is statutory. And sustainability and climate change are not statutory, unfortunately. So we don't have a budget for it. So quite a lot of our time is involved in raising money and in asking for funding and in working pretty hard to get the other parts of the of the council to bend to our sustainability requests. So, so that's pretty much where we, we are at the moment as a local council in my role. So just to be clear on that then, so so government initiatives, and we've heard yeah. a lot about those recently. This is being recorded in March. So we've heard a, a number about the, the initiatives that are happening right now at, at, at government level. And of course, you know, Boris is talking about these big targets around sustainability and on all the plans. But you're saying at a local government perspective across these 35 local governments, there isn't actually a formal budget to deliver. Uh, 343. 343. Um, yes. Um, not for climate change. No, wow. nothing that is statutory. So um, it really depends on the size of your budget and where you choose to spend it. Now, in the Royal Borough, our budget is sitting at what it was in 2011. Decisions were made to keep it at that level or reduce it slightly. So imagine if you had <laughs> a size of basket that you had in 2011 now and you had to decide how to spend it. We spend it on our most vulnerable people and those, and so approximately 80 to 90% of it is spent on adult services and children's services. And uh, the rest of it has to go to uh, our bin services, our environmental services in terms of our bins and our parks and things like that. So there's not a lot left for climate initiatives at all. Wow, that, that's fascinating, isn't it? Because, you yeah. know, we, we, well, obviously, partnerships is going to be a key part of how you, um, how you take forward your initiatives and, and you know, raise awareness and, um, and take them forward. And when we cover the importance of effective partnerships from an NGO perspective in the book 
um, sustainable marketing, but the principles of, of partnerships still apply. You know, the benefits to reach an audience you may not normally reach, uh, insights of what people are doing and thinking, and, you know, fostering those new ideas and solutions that may have previously not been thought of. So, mm. you know, with partnerships being such a key way for local government to get out into the community, um, are you working with, with various SMEs um, in the market today? Yeah, so um, a couple of things. Firstly, in developing the strategy, um, I was quite naive as a new councillor, but I have a background as a management consultant so um, and one in culture change and, and large transformation. So I just gathered all the residents around, some of whom ran small businesses and some of whom were developers and uh, some who were passionate about the environment and they helped us develop the strategy. So that's what's wonderful about our strategy. It's developed by the community. But part of those people are people from our fantastic Chamber of Commerce. Our local Chamber of Commerce is where our SMEs will thrive and um, it gets stronger all the time. We've got representatives from Microsoft, from Waitrose, from some of the local schools, from accounting firms, from printing firms. And that's really where people go to when they need help. There is a business section within the, um, within the, the, count, the um, council and those, that's an area that's separate from mine, but that's where they go out and, um, and develop the business relationships. Okay, so I guess the next question is, um, we, uh, you know, we're all on LinkedIn um, and I see, you know, we see what each other posts and what people are talking about. There is currently, you know, the conversation around sustainability is as loud as I've ever seen it, certainly. And there are so many initiatives and so many businesses that are coming up with new ways of working and, you know, new products and, and, and new solutions out there all around sustainability with this goal of, you know, whether it's around climate change or packaging or new innovations. So if, if, an organi- if a business or an organization in the borough wanted to, you know, propose working with local government, what sort of things do they need to do if they're not already part of that group? Yeah, I mean, it's really tough because so many people want to do this. But when you have no funding, you can't just say, let me lend you even £500 to go ahead and do that. So we have one group who helps raise money by going out and looking for grants for for others. So that is one way. But we've just opened up a new um, plastic-free, waste-free shop in the borough, which is stunning. But in order to raise the money, they became a cooperative. And um, I was one of the first to put down my, um, <laughs> my, my money just because I knew it was a good initiative. Um, and, um, and there they are. They opened their doors. But that's been a year and a half in the making. And um, what we're trying to do at the moment is bring together, and as a council, we have this discrepancy, and whether that's a good or a bad thing, and I can talk about what central government looks like in a minute in terms of sustainability, but what we have as a local authority that is excellent, I guess, is that we can determine what our structure looks like and we can develop our own policy. So what we're trying to do now as we come out of COVID is bring together climate change and sustainability, some of adult services, some of communities and some of other bits of the council so that we've got much more flexibility in how we deliver our strategy, our climate strategy, because it's those are the things that you need out coming out of um, COVID, but more particularly as you fix your planet, you want 
improved health, you want improved well-being. Um, that's how we make a healthier self and that's how we make a healthier planet. Um, so the more we join up the council, the more we share, as, as you're saying, um, with what we're doing with our residences um, and with our with residents and with our businesses, the, the, the more we'll improve the health of the borough overall. And what's interesting is, I mean, I've been uh, doing a course uh, through some work I've been doing in uh, Nottingham and Derby uh, with Nottingham and Trent University. And it's an initiative for SMEs in their local borough by their local council to uh, to get more SMEs aware of carbon literacy, aware of uh, their, 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 their sustainable footprints, and indeed things that they can be doing. And it's a brilliant initiative. There are lots of businesses engaged. They've been running this ongoing. They've obviously got their individual budget and they are doing that. Is there a process, Donna, then, between the local authorities across the country to share almost these wins and this best practice? Because you know, one of the things I immediately saw when I saw this program, and I've been privy to, to be on this program, and very grateful for that, but but I thought, wow, brilliant. This would be fantastic for all councils to be offering SMEs. Is it is there is there that shared understanding of how we can be driving this forward as a collective? Um, there is to a certain extent. There's a local government authority group, a local government association, and they do share. Um, things, but you know, sometimes the politics get stuck because it, there might be something in a Tory-led council, and uh, uh, they don't necessarily share things with a Labour-led council. And um, I mean, for me, uh, that's a shame. But there it is. Um, another thing that's interesting around sustainability is, whilst um, not all councils have a sustainability leg, and I now have two offices within climate change and sustainability in Bristol. They've got twenty. So, wow. Wow. you know, I mean, they are completely different in terms of how they're framed. But in local governments, you could find aspects of sustainability in base, the, the energy and, um, and, and industry and strategy area. You can find it under the Ministry of Housing and Communities. You can find it under DEFRA or um, the, Her Majesty's Treasury. <laughs> you know, sustainability is obviously very broad. So it is interesting how different central government is. And if you're thinking as a small local authority, how do I get sustainability embedded into my local authority? Where do I go to up at the top for, lo- you know, for advice? I mean, it's it tricky. is. It is. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, all you're seeing is headlines around COP26, which is coming up in November. We're seeing that we are, the, you know, the UK is one of the leading countries in the world, depending on what data sources you look at, in that drive towards being net zero um, for 2030. Yet, you know, talking to you and looking at the, the sort of the different local government approaches across the country, how, how on earth does that all tie up? I mean, if, if your target, if you're not pushing everyone in the same direction, and I know this is where sustainability gets complex, yeah. how, how, how are we going to reach that? I think that we are much better than we admit to being. And this is where the marketing has to come in. 
So, I mean, it's, it's more case with women than men. And this is something that Mrs. M- Theresa May said to me ages ago. You know, a woman will, will wait till she's 90 to 100% confident with a document before she forwards it, whereas a man will say, oh, it's 60%, it's perfect. And off he goes and he sends it in. And so we aren't very good at blowing our own trumpets about what we do. We might be very good at recommending other people or networking people, um, like, that, uh, like that thing that I sent to you, Michelle, recently yes. saying, yep. you know, one woman pulls up another woman. Yep, but um, we just don't, we, we, you know, we've done some really good, we've done a couple of bad things and we're starting to be better at admitting to our mistakes. You know, Boris saying um, that wind power wasn't good enough to blow the skin off a custard. Uh, but then he's admitted to how fantastic wind power is. And one of the things that really frustrates me in government is that you can't admit to your mistakes. We're Overview and, overview and scrutiny is all over us. And if we say we do anything wrong, then that's it. But that is how entrepreneurs learn and that's mm. how innovators learn. And that is an incredibly important part of our culture. So we have to be brave in that area and we have to celebrate our successes. But the most important thing is we have to share and we have to be better on social media. And I think that we aren't because we're nervous about putting ourselves out there. We've raised £1.2 million worth of funding um, for some of our initiatives, n- none of it's out of our local tax, but we've been too busy to tell anyone. <laughs> so there you go. We're not so good at promoting ourselves either locally or in central government, although they're getting better in central government. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and that, as you say, that, that marketing piece is absolutely critical, mm. starting with, you know, the local community, because, you know, a lot of what you do is, is related to social marketing with that main objective to, to change behaviours. So it's almost, you know, thinking of the way of how you get communities talking about it, they need to know what the progress is, because with progress comes change, and then that change starts to grow and there's, there is a movement. And I, I was reading about, um, on the, the, you know, the, the local authority website that you mentioned about all the different projects that are happening you know the petrol projects the the vulnerable communities projects the garden projects the good food projects all of these things are happening but very rarely do we you know does the local media really push the winds out there because you know let's face it the media loves bad news story we need to start driving locally those good news stories to change the behaviors so that we can impact change as we move forward Yeah. And there are two parts of that. The one is that in local government, because so much of what you do is statutory and you have to, to a certain extent, control it, because if it goes wrong, it's your fault. So take something simple like this. We have lots of flower towers around our borough and they're lovely. We've had to take them away because we can't afford to do them anymore because it's not statutory. We could say to people, you can help us do them and people want to, but what in five months time if they're all dead, the flowers? You know, that is a problem then because it's then up to the local authority to fix it. So these are the little tiny problems that we don't think about that, yes, we would love more community participation, but you have to put checks and balances in place in case those things fail. That's the one story. The other is taking the time to celebrate and share everybody's successes. And when you don't have the resources to mm. do that, and how do you, you know, oh, there's so many, so many exciting volunteers who want to be involved. And we are at the moment putting all of that in place to make it happen. It just takes a while. 
Donna, do you think, given that, I mean, it's, there's no there's no hiding the importance now um, and the growing importance of the urgency around climate yeah. crisis. And, um, and we've got these targets of 2030, 2050. There's a lot of people, a lot of conversation, a lot of the scientists saying we cannot wait for these dates. We action starts now. Do you think that a part of your statutory local authority budgets is going to change and that climate crisis is going to be prioritised and given adequate funding? So you as an authority are not out on a limb just trying to do the best that you can. I mean, you've done a sensational, as I'm sure many other authorities do, a sensational um, job at fundraising. But really, should we be putting climate crisis and climate change into the hands of communities that that can help and do want to support, but surely there must be a, a, a central government directive and funded directive to actually be the, the real catalyst for change. Yeah, um, there are more and more projects coming about that are allowing that to happen. Uh, retrofitting of houses for the more, more vulnerable, retrofitting of schools, um, buses that um, are hydrogen based yeah there are all sorts of things that are happening um if you're a council that wants to agitate quicker for change you have to join the uk 100 which is which target is 2042 at the latest so that's something that you know i'll be pushing for i don't really mind what our number is because i think you know don't ask me what i'm going to do rather ask me what i've done i mean for yeah. me that's always far more important um but yes um, there has to be more coming from central government, but it's coming all the time, Michelle. I just feel that we really are getting more and more backing. I look every year at the conferences that I go to and it's just exponentially um, more green agenda. And it's not greenwashing. It's real stuff. They really know what they're talking about now. And I was at COP last year the year before last, and um, there wasn't a fraction of what there is now. And people were tired because they kept had kept pushing, and now the excitement is just palpable, you know. Well, so that is that fills me with optimism. That, mm-hmm. You know, you're optimistic, and you're you, you're kind of on the inside, aren't you? Because I mean, if you weren't on the inside, you couldn't. No, well, you know more. You're seeing things. You're visible yeah. as to what what's coming d- directly down to you. And of course, you're very passionate about this area, so it's something that you personally. Um, continue to be educated with anyway. What advice then in this in this kind of optimistic way? What what do SMEs do? Whether they're in the local government, our local government, or indeed any other, what should they be thinking about? Because there's a lot of research out there that says, you know, the Elderman Trust Barometer, for example, came through and said that they can't trust governments. We're no longer trusting NGOs. They're not as effective. The catalyst for real change is businesses. But of course, not all businesses know where to start. And many of them will be turning to their local authorities and local governments and indeed local uh, bodies like commerce, the Chambers of Commerce to say, help us, help us. So so are there schemes and are there advisory services to help and support SMEs around getting started with sustainability? Go and see what your Chamber of Commerce offers. Um, as a woman who's run a business and as a woman who um, has also uh, been a management consultant, c- consulting businesses, um, I would look to, is it possible to become a, a 
follow the philosophy of a B Corp mm-hmm. or um, something like Alan Barlow's philosophy of um, profiting from integrity? Or can you look at something like a, a business that has fair process where you, um, the, the concept of just making sure that everything that you do is something that it's, it's really not about consensus, but where um, employers understand where they are in terms of ideas and, and feeding back and just feeling that they've been dealt with fairly. I know from my own experience of being as part of this, this SME group that have been working through carbon literacy and once educated, and, and you're absolutely right, sharing those ideas as mm-hmm. a group of SMEs, it was incredible yeah. The practical ideas that maybe one organization came up with that others were saying, hey, we've got that kind of packaging. We could we could do that as well. Or we could work together on this because they are local. So hopefully there will be more kind of shared knowledge, shared ideas, shared understanding around what people can be doing to support one another. Almost. I remember I shared with you recently, Donna, a um it was Catherine Wheatman, who is, you know, champion of the circular economy. And she'd shared a directory, which we will put in our resources on our, on our site, um, around literally hundreds of case studies of people talking about what they were doing with the circular economy. And it would be great to have a similar proposition from businesses, SMEs, saying, this is what we're doing around energy. This is what we're doing around uh, employees. This is what we're doing about vehicle fleet. This is what we're doing around travel. This is what we're doing about our, our, um, our hardware. This is what yeah. we're doing around, you know, waste management. It would be yeah. great to, to see something like that executed. So I, at the moment, am working with a couple of people in policy to see if we can do something from the bottom up. Because from big from big governments, it's just too exhausting. Yeah. So um, we're looking at the Des Gupta report, which says natural capital is not valued and, and people throw things away into it. Whereas we value buildings, we value things that lose their, um, th- that start losing value the minute they're finished. But here we have this beautiful natural capital and no one values it. Um, so what we're looking at from a, um, a policy perspective from the bottom up is how do we start with small businesses? How do we start sharing? I, I did social anthropology at university and, you know, it opens your eyes. Somewhere in the world, someone's already figured out how to do something. Uh-huh. So why do we waste yeah. so much intellectual capital figuring out something somewhere else? And this is, again, your social, you know, your, um, your sustainable marketing yeah. Why do we not share? Yeah, share the valuable things and let, yeah. let's open up that voice. And interestingly, that you know, I was reading somewhere about the mention of environmental sustainability projects being financed so that they are financially sustainable. So, for example, CICs or social enterprises, the revenue generated from those organizations actually being used to then fund the education to change behaviors, which I thought it's almost like a bit of a circular economy within the local community, isn't it? And I think that's a fantastic idea of how do we, you know, share knowledge and how do we share knowledge that goes down into the community so that effectively we're, we're we're almost creating our own sort of sustainable drive and sustainable agenda for the Royal Borough. Mm. 
that makes perfect sense. And it, and it does come down to education. I know we talked about this wonderful, uh, the filling station that has now, that we, you worked with, you've been working with them for 18 months. Um, they, they, they created, they, they came out as a cooperative um, and, and they are there. And the behaviours change very quickly. You know, I started taking my bottles and filling and now I've got, all, because they've been closing, because they've been moving for two weeks, I've got all the bottles lined up. We haven't purchased things. I've just said, use the scraps, fill them with water, do whatever. You know, there's always bits and pieces in there until we can now go and refill. And I've missed going because there's something very rewarding Mm -hmm. going down and knowing you are doing your bit, Mm. not in a kind of greenwashing way, but because it's it's it feels good to do the right thing. You know, and when people feel good about doing the right thing. They improve their own happiness levels, their own success levels, and it becomes a kind of fulfilling circle, doesn't it? A a positive fulfilling circle. The positivity is an absolute essential thing for kids' sake. Um, for anyone who's negative about it, we've changed the mind of an 88-year-old on our planning panel um, who's now understands about the clim- about climate change and is really pushing for it. Uh, you've just got to go forward and say, guys, you know, we're all in this together. We are. Absolutely. And I, no, I, I'm just reading The Future We Choose by the fabulous Christiana Figueres. And, <laughs> and you know, what a, what a woman, what a powerhouse. There it is. Yes, exactly. We will put a link to this because it is, I mean, goodness me, if you need some picking up, I mean, it's, it's, it's gritty. But she talks about this gritty stubbornness, doesn't she? This relentless, just keep at it, stay positive, but we've just all got to keep at it. So, mm. So it's wonderful to thank you so much, Donna, for coming on and sharing, because we weren't 100 percent clear on what the directive was coming from central government down to local authorities and what that looks like and what you can do, how that responsibility is. I suspect that SMEs could be going to their local authorities as well and 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 working with them, like you said, creating these partnerships developing these groups of shared knowledge you know if they don't exist it doesn't mean they can't exist you just no. you make it happen and every local authority will be different so you might get a completely different response from someone if you suppose to them in a different place than me yeah absolutely so we like to end our podcast with three big questions uh, and we're going to th- fling these questions to you, Donna, um, uh, for relatively short answers, please. Um, But the first question is, can marketing save the planet? What's your view on that? Uh, uh, Yeah, yes, I think so in short. But as long as we are talking positively and as long as we're sharing, um, because not everyone's a marketer and we need to get those who aren't on board and be positive with sharing our how tos, but then absolutely we need we need you guys. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. And question two is, uh, what do you hope business looks like in ten years' time? Uh, yeah, um, I was going to say initially thinking about what does business look like. I think I was going. I was thinking B Corps all the way down, but actually I want organizations that have integrity um, where people trust each other and, and, and want to be there because that's where sustainability really comes from. It's about making something better than it was when you started. And, and, and that's what I want them to look like, really. 
Fantastic. And last but not least, if you were to give one piece of advice to others around getting started with sustainability um, or sustainable marketing, where would, what would you say to them? Um, I would just say, start with yourself, examine what you do, um, whether it's draft excluding in your own home or changing some of your own patterns and, um, and, and just be a teacher. Uh, not a bossy one, <laughs> but a gentle one. A gritty, stubborn one. <laughs> yeah, Yes, well, we can, can't we? <laughs> yeah. That has been wonderful. Donna, thank you so, so much for joining us on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thank you both. Thank you, Gemma. Thank, thank you, you, Michelle, for having me. 